Ecometric. I happen to live in Canada, and they completed the process. Believe me, it's easy. The United States just gave the rest of the world big fingers and said, your metric system. Go to the end of the line. Okay. Why don't you go to the end of the line? You asked the flight attendant for another can of soda. 198 soda cans later, the plane is yours. I didn't realize that, that, that Muslims were, were sort of soda can MacGyvers. Oh. oh, we're crafty. All right, time to go to Atlanta, the heartbeat of the Confederacy, where the extremely literate uh, Michael Graham is waiting for us. <laughs> Don't mock me until you've walked 1.6 kilometers in my shoes, George. I'm not going to take it, absolutely. I'm going to fight back. I'm not going to give up a centimeter in this debate. All right. Not okay. one. Who's this Pamela Geller dame? Does she uh, bend spoons, does she? <laughs> That's a different Geller. Who is it? From back in the, the Pamela Geller is a free speech advocate who likes to remind us in the West that uh, the uh, fundamental values of the Islamists do not align with the West. And there is no coexistence. Either they're going to behead all the people who say things they don't like or we are going to defend free speech. There is no middle ground. And, of course, we just had the incident here in the States where they caught a, uh, a would-be terrorist who told his uh, cohorts he planned, if he could, to get to Pamela Geller and cut her head off there in New York City. And he was fortunately killed by the police before he could do that. Now, you know, I have a real problem with your policemen because they, they kill more people. They kill people first and then question them afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it'd be a bit difficult to, to decapitate poor old Pamela in New York, wouldn't it or not? I, mean, I don't know that you could decapitate her, but as we saw in Texas, you could certainly show up at a draw Muhammad cartoon event with guns prepared to kill people and they were those two gentlemen were only stopped because there was an armed officer there uh, could someone kill Pamela Geller or anyone else if they really want to of course they can we see it all the time whether it's at government buildings in Canada or it's in Australia or it's in Paris obviously very bad things can happen and the debate in the United States because it's driven by the media uh, the debate has been pushed towards is it Pamela Geller's fault that these people are trying to kill. And of course the answer is no, it's their fault because they kill people over cartoons. <laughs> once, once that's your position, the conversation's over. You're the bad guy. End of story. But there can't possibly, I mean, there are, I'm sure, but you're going to tell me. It's very difficult, surely, uh, to criticize Pamela Geller, who believes in free speech, which is oh, a she's basic... the bad guy. She is the bad guy in in the American media. She is, is she the really? bad guy. It is her fault. She has caused the violence, and of course, that's completely upside down. She's merely revealed the violence that was there. I compare her more to Martin Luther King Jr., who chose to go march. Not in, you know, nice, um, you know, cities where there was more openness, you know, New York or whatever. He chose to go to Selma. He went to Selma because that's where the bad guys were. He, he broke the law to march because he knew how people would react and he wanted the rest of America to see this is the darkness that's in the heart of these segregationist whites. Well, the same thing with the people who are part of the uh, Draw Muhammad movement. They, they know what the problem is and they only draw Muhammad because the whack job Islamists tell them that they can't. But then, and I got in mm. terrible trouble yesterday, I sounded Uh-oh. like Michael Graham with an Irish accent, um, <laughs> on the issue of cans of Coke. 
Yeah, so I don't know that we sound alike because I spent my show mocking the idiot uh, sky waitress who wouldn't give this woman a Coke can. I mean, how did a can of Coke, this is not a weapon of carbonated destruction. What is the problem here? You got a plane full of cans of Coke. The idea that you're not going to give one to this woman until it's already open is ridiculous. And then my favorite, George, is the... uh, the panic first uh, brigades here in the U.S. who never, you know, they 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 they're already ready. They love the NSA. They love the spying. They're ready for cameras to be hung over their beds. We got that crowd. They all said, Michael, don't you know? You could take an empty can of Coke and you could twist it around until the metal started to come off and you could make a cutting tool with it. And I'm like, well, what, unless you're going to trim your fingernails. No, but hold on now. Hold on now. I, I'm amazed that you've taken up this position. I'm now I'm now in total defeat. Yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, your arch liberal opponent, Leslie Marshall, was mm-hmm. on. Gave me a hard time. Now you're coming on. Of course you won't I defend. am. Like, hold on. While. They, it, everywhere you go, they open the cans because a full can can be used as a weapon. So oh. if, you, if you come over here to watch, uh, you know, it's probably... Georgia Tech versus Notre Dame 2016. They'll be playing right there in Ireland. We can't wait. But, uh, yeah, but but hold on. Everybody opens the can of Coke. You go on the plane, they open the can of Coke, they hand it to you. You don't immediately scream discrimination. Well, well, I, look, I, I, this woman... This professor, and that's the key. People are saying, oh, Michael, you're suspect of her because she's a Muslim. No, because she's a woman. No, because she's a professor. Professors are nuts. And so I don't get her whole, I prefer the hygienic method of, okay, whatever. My point is, what's the problem with a can of Coke? Cans of, it's just a can. What are you going to do with it? Are you going right. to okay. you know, oh, blow okay. open oh, the door? No. What are you afraid that she's got a pocket full of Mentos and she's going to mix the candy and the soda together and make a fake volcano, Vesuvius in the middle of the Aer Lingus I, 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 Are you kidding me? I, I, if I, I asked the wonderful ladies of Aer Lingus who are so wonderful... If I could please just have the can myself, I bet they would let me have the can and open it. If for whatever nutty reason I wanted to. Uh. No, but if there's a rule, I mean, if there's, I mean, this is why I'm so amazed by you because you talk so much about like rules and rule of law and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. If there's a rule on the airline that says you give um, mm. uh, your cans opened. <laughs> Why you give your cans opened? Okay, but this is what why this conversation is so frustrating. Nobody cares about the can. Somewhere in the back of this conversation, there has to be a premise that involves violence or airplanes, or whatever. George, here is the deal: you could give everybody on the airplane a knife. And nobody is going to take over the plane because, A, the cockpit is sealed, but, B, because the 99% of the passengers who don't want to take over the plane will stab you first. We are not. We don't live in a world where, where one Coke okay. can or right. unguarded okay. candy bar away from terrorism. That's not the real world. And that's what's so frustrating, too, about the NSA debate we just had here in the States. As you know, George, we now are back to every phone call you make, that record is going to be kept, and the government can go look at it. I don't need them looking at every phone call i we know where to look we look in mosques we look in muslim communities we look on the interwebs where people post stuff like hi i love jihad if we will just watch the people who need watching we'll we'll catch more bad guys i'm glad defend liberty Uh, i am glad you put your size 11s 
precisely in the center oh, of my, the Oh, mine is size 13, just right, so we the, know. Size in the cow pack. And you know what they say about guys with big feet, George? <laughs> yep, big shoes. Right, now listen right. to me. You have just said my point yesterday, for which I was attacked with the R word, right? The, you, you put yourself in the uh, stewardess's uh, shoes mm. for a minute. You criticize her for not handing over a can and so on. Right. But at the same time, you say, if we're listening to phone calls or watching emails or whatever, we should be looking where, look, masks, bang, bang. Right. So she is faced with a woman in a, in a jihab. She's faced with, <laughs> uh, yeah. So and she's following faced with a can of soda. No, no, George, no, that's the ridiculous no. part. Following that's... your system, <sighs> you profile, and that was yeah. my point yesterday. Mm. That you look where the problem is likely to occur. Look, if you're telling me that everybody who uh, has is, comes from the Middle East is going to have an extra scan of their information as it goes in the computer, I'm with you 100%. That makes common sense. If you're telling me that people who are demonstrate that they are uh, are Muslim as they get on an airplane get an extra look uh, uh, as they go through, I'm that's I'm with you. That's common sense. But saying we're going to distribute our soft drinks in a different manner based on your religious connections, that's just ridiculous. And the problem we have in the states is that some of the people who want a uh, 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 who, I want a common sense approach that acknowledges that Islam has a problem with violence that no other modern religion has. But when the people on the, my team start jumping on the, and that's why they can't have a can of Coke. Well, then you just undermine right, okay, the practical right, argument right, there. Right. We agree, disagree. <sighs> Listen, um, coming from the country which has the worst uh, employer employee uh, <laughs> relations uh, you probably are totally with the dun stores workers marching to the head office tomorrow on the issue of zero hour contracts well I, I love the idea that in a world that includes Vietnam and Haiti, you're telling me that America has the worst relationship with employees. But setting your usual hyperbole aside, you'll have to. Exp- I don't understand the zero hour thing. I don't get. So if I understand this correctly, basically you're working part time, and if your boss needs someone to whatever you know type computer code, then they call you, and you work for the number of hours they need you. And then you go home. Is 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 that right? Do I have that right? Yeah. Whatever it is. The contracts of employment, they do not have a specified number of right. hours. Right. So it's part. It's like you know. Hey, look. You know, whatever. In the summertime, we're very very busy. We might need you to work forty hours a week. But in the wintertime, we're shut down. We might not need you at all. This, and you're going to get paid for the hours you work. That kind like of. That? Yeah. Okay. Well, what's the problem? What? Why is that? I don't understand. What's What's the problem with it? When I waited tables. That's exactly how I worked. Every week, the bud, the schedule would go up, and some weeks I'd have next to no shifts, and other weeks I'd be working seven days a week. It was just based on how I was needed. So why, you why, What are you protesting? You wouldn't march. I, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not being facetious. I literally don't understand what's the problem. You work when they need you. You don't like that? Then go get a different job. I don't. What? Am I? Am I? Seriously, am I missing something? Well, I I'm I think I'm missing something too because the idea that you get paid for to when you work. work is is a normal thing. By the way, uh, <clears throat> 
the US Airways flight to Philadelphia, Sean Wexford got an unopened can of tomato mm-hmm. juice. One of your lovelies from Aer Lingus uh, sent me a text and said, never open the can for anybody. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I, uh, this is the. Can we get back to the zero? Hour? Yes, let's get to the zero because I want to seriously. I want to know if I understand this right because the argument is you should get paid a percentage of what you would have earned if you had worked when you don't work. That's do I have that right? Who well, gets paid to not work? If I, if you're going to tell me that you're going to pay me twenty five percent whether I work or not, well then I I'll just go out and get four jobs. Where I don't ever work, and then you can well, pay what me. they want, and to that's one hundred percent. There what, you go, bingo. Why if what they want to do is yes, pay them for not working. In other words, if somebody's contracted to be available forty hours a week. Uh, they want to pay them 10 hours if they only work mm-hmm. six so that they have some kind of basic uh, wage rate. Why wouldn't you just get paid for the hour, the hours you work and then work more hours? I mean, I, I, no, I don't but understand. you see, they don't give them more hours. No, no, but what, what I do, what we do in America, and I and I don't want to speak for you know Ireland. I, we, I still am learning stuff every time we do the show, George, about your wonderful country. But here, if you have, like, let's say you want to work 40 hours a week and you have a job that only works you 25, then you go get another job that has another 15 hours a week and you work two well, jobs. Well, that's very much an American way, which we don't yeah. do. The Americans, well, why not? half the pop working population of America does two jobs and in a minority of those work three jobs. And then the other half doesn't work at all. And we just found out that the number of non-workers in America uh, hit almost 93 million people last month. And our participation, labor participation rate is down to about 63% of able-bodied adults, which is terrible, terrible, okay. terrible. But the ones who do work, you're right. They Sometimes you work two, three jobs. You work a series of part-time jobs. As you know, George, I was at one radio station that you know went out of business because they chose to play hip-hop music. Now I'm at another one in between. I basically worked you know, kind of an odd amalgam of things that did paid money and some of them weren't even jobs they were like i need someone to take care of this for me that's what normal grown-ups do is you go out and you make money now as you know i used to live in in a a one-room basement apartment in rhode island right uh and uh, it was interesting it was so small how small was it well in order to get a chair and a bed in the room. I had to put the bed on stilts so I could put the chair <laughs> under the bed. Does that mean small? It was so small that when you stuck the key in the lock, you broke the window. That's yeah, how small. Right. Well, anyway, Rhode Island has a long history uh, of, of sort of crooked politicians. A few of its, of its uh, senators and governors have gone to jail. Mm-hmm. Now, I presume this guy, Lincoln Chaffee, who's standing for the U.S. presidential nomination for the Democrats, he's not one of the guys who went to jail, was he? No, he's not. L- Link Chaffee is a Republican, who he was a U.S. senator as a Republican, who switched to independent, who switched to Democrat, who switched back to independent, who then switched back to Democrat when he decided he wanted to run for president. So, he, in other words, he's a man of principle, George. He has as you no chance him. of being elected. So no, 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 no. He and he's do? running against Hillary. He's in the Democratic primary, so he's running against Hillary. In New Democrats. Hampshire or somewhere. It, the whole well, you know, the Republicans are picking a candidate, the Democrats are picking a candidate in our primaries, uh, and so 
what's going to happen with Lincoln Chafee is he has latched himself to the most progressive, forward-looking idea he can think of, mandating that we switch to the metric system, something that was red hot in American politics when Carter was president. But you're, uh, you've got the metric system, 100 uh, uh, cents to the dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I okay, used that, to envy you when I mean you don't remember you you don't know what I'm talking about when no, I, I say pounds shillings and pence no clue but like we had an extraordinary system I mean it was it was so extraordinary that uh, early computers couldn't work with that currency <laughs> this is true this is true I was trying to sell them I was a young salesman so <laughs> uh, now but 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 you have it the only worry is you just don't want to go to wash. Uh, you don't want to go to kilograms and yeah, exactly all that all that European junk. The you know the the uh, liters and meters and all and centigrade. What do you weigh? Fever, what do you weigh? I weigh uh, two hundred and two pounds, George. All right. Well, you're you're about uh, I don't know about ninety odd kilos, I'd say. If you say so, I I don't know. I don't want. There's only one group of people in America who know the metric system, George. Drug dealers. You can take a high school kid who thinks that America is somewhere on the continent of Asia, and you can ask him how many grams in an ounce. He'll go, 28.32, baby, and don't you short me. <laughs> they, that's the only only thing that we know. And here's how it works. I've already figured this out. I've warned my go. listeners. Very quickly, it starts with the metric system, then you're watching soccer, then your women stop shaving your armpits, and then the men start shaving theirs, and the next thing you know we're another European hellhole. we got to stop it now. Stop the metric now. Okay. Take care. Michael Graham in Atlanta back next Friday at this time.